Welcome to the Glow Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Sun. I'm a lifestyle YouTuber and health and wellness enthusiast. This is where we will have raw and unfiltered conversations around wellness, self-care, astrology, relationships, and career. Join me and be empowered to become your best self mentally, emotionally, and physically. It's time to manifest your dream life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Glow Radio, episode 81. I have a super exciting guest with me today, Stephanie Powers. You might have heard of her. She has her own podcast called The Lightworkers Lounge, as well as a wonderful Instagram account that I follow and repost from all the time. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. That I don't know why. That got me emotional hearing you say she's the host of Lightworkers Lounge. Like Lightworkers Lounge is my baby. So to hear anybody else say it is like, oh. <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> so first off, Stephanie, could you share with us like your long story, how you got into spirituality, everything, what kind of started you on your journey? Oh my gosh. You know, my friends joke that my eyes are constipated because I just don't cry. Even though I have a water moon, Scorpio moon, as you know, I just don't. Oh, the moon's in Virgo. So no wonder I feel organized. Okay. (laughs) So my story is really intricate. I really don't even know where to begin. I'm a true Sagittarius with a stellium in the eighth house for all the listeners who are familiar with astrology death and rebirth and a consistent cycle of change is the theme of my life so hold your breath because here we go born and partially raised in southern indiana a little city called evansville my parents divorced when i was about five years old and then my mom moved us to new hampshire up in new england where i grew up went to college fell in love Met my then husband there. We got married in 2013, despite my intuition saying don't. And then we moved to South Carolina, a little town called Fort Mill, right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. We lived there. We had the seemingly happy married couple. You know, I was was living the American dream. I was quote unquote American dream. I went to college. I got a degree in business, even though, you know, my soul wanted to be a DJ. I've... I've loved music. I've always been so Aquarius, so eccentric, so different, even though there's no Aquarius in my chart, and we'll get to that. But, you know, I was just going with what society and my family and what felt comfortable. And at the time, my sole path of not going to college, not following my peers, I knew I wanted to partner with someone and maybe get married someday, but not so young. I knew I had to travel and explore and grow more. So despite all that inner knowing, I ignored it and I followed my head rather than my heart. Look at you smiling. You're like, I know all about that. So I got married. We got the luxury apartment. We worked two corporate nine to five jobs, had health insurance, great PTO and benefits. And I felt more and more drained and depressed and anxious with each passing day than I ever have in my life. And I thought something was wrong with me. Jacqueline, I was like, I have everything everybody would dream of. I have an adoring partner. We don't fight. We don't argue. It's very easy. My job is so easy. I'm fulfilling, but so easy. Why am I so unhappy and just feel like I'm wearing a straight jacket? Well, I wasn't living my truth. And it wasn't until I went to see a chakra therapist who took my picture of my aura and my chakras. Have you ever seen those before? No, I actually haven't seen one yet. So cool. You sit in this room and put your hand in this like electromagnetic field looking thing. I don't know. I'm bad with technology. But they take your photo and it shows the size of all of your chakras. My throat chakra, a little blue dot, was completely closed, non-existent. Indicate I wasn't speaking my truth. And so ever since then, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease of the thyroid when I went to a routine pap smear, like a year after I got married, immediately diagnosed with that. And it was just a series of events kicked off from that diagnosis and from that inner uncomfortable feeling where I completely changed my lifestyle, my holistic. I went to more holistic. 
I started cutting gluten out of my diet. I was dairy free. I healed my autoimmune disease in one year and they wanted to remove my thyroid. And so from then I was like, I am, I don't know what it is, but I'm so passionate about healing the body. So I ended up going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which I know you went to as well. And I became a holistic health coach and I published my first book that just effortlessly flowed out of me called Thyroid First Aid Kit. Because I quickly realized that thyroid medication is one of the most prescribed pills in America, but why? And I write about that in my book. And so from then I started consulting people and I quickly realized everybody knows how to eat healthy. Everybody knows how to exercise, but why aren't they doing it? And it was their mental state. It was their relationships with their husbands or wives. It was their work was so unfulfilling. And so that intrigued me so much that I was like, I'm, I need to start a podcast or something where I speak and share with people about how important balancing emotions are to your physical health. And so that's what Lightworkers Lounge originally started as. It was a hobby because I had a blog beforehand where I would write articles just about my travels and my life lessons, but I wanted to connect more intimately, plus incorporate my new holistic health coach practice. So Lightworkers Lounge came to me in a dream because I had asked my spirit guides, hey, I want to start a podcast, but I'm so confused what to call it. And I remember waking up in a dead sleep at 3 a.m. and hearing Lightworkers Lounge. And I saw the logo, the double L's, and I was like, okay, there it is. Got it. And so I started Lightworkers Lounge as a hobby in January 2018. I think I had 20 downloads per episode, which was my mom and my cousins. <laughs> and then six months after, I ended up getting a divorce, smack dab in the middle of my first Saturn return, <laughs> as you know. And it was then that my podcast really went viral because I left the courthouse after finalizing my divorce, went to an Airbnb, locked myself in the room and just hit record about what it was like, what it felt like, the bravery, the pain, the confusion, that, you know, just fresh, raw emotions from an event that just occurred. And that episode still has most downloads today. And so from there, Lightworkers Lounge took off and I still cannot wrap my head around a quarter million people listening to me or following me, but here we are. That is so amazing. I feel like I just relate to so much of your story because I I can't remember if I mentioned to you, but previously I was in a very toxic 13-year relationship. Mm-hmm. I was engaged, so not married yet, but I felt like I was. And then after I ended that relationship, things just started falling into place for me, like in life. Like mm-hmm. I I found my dream man. I found like my dream job after that. It was just crazy and then everything started coming together yeah that's beautiful that makes me so happy for you thank you so let's I want to dive into your astrology chart a little bit like tell us more about that tell us your signs and kind of how you relate to them anything you want to share well first of all what's your level of knowledge when it comes to astrology am I going to lose you if I talk about my Saturn and my Jupiter no, you can talk about all that stuff. I'm a super geek, still learning, but I am fluent in those areas, so it should be okay. You know, I've always had a draw towards astrology since I was a little girl. I think I remember my mom when I was like eight years old, had astrology books just lying around her room, and I knew I was a Sagittarius. How I figured that out, I guess my Aquarius mom must have told me because she's so different. She's the best. Shout out to everybody who's got an Aquarius parent. We're lucky. <laughs> but they just let you, they let you go. They let you think outside the box. Uh, when I was seven years old, I had an obsession with DMX. Please tell me who that is. The rapper, like rough. Yes. DMX, Jay-Z, I obsessed with hip hop. And my mom would go out and buy me these albums. I remember one of them was Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. And the cover is him just drenched in blood. And I was like, yeah, this is what I love. Go figure. I have a Scorpio stellium in the eighth house and my moon is in Scorpio. See my tattoo? Oh, I love that. (laughs) So there's that. So I'm a Sagittarius sun, Scorpio moon, and Taurus rising. Hence my clean white home with plants all over the place. (laughs) yeah but my mercury is also in Sagittarius so it's no wonder people can probably hear the lightheartedness in my voice when I talk about death divorce things like that 
my Saturn is in Capricorn. So my life lesson in this time is to be organized, be more methodical in my approach to life, be good and lenient with money. Um, what else is there? My Venus is also in Scorpio. You know, I have a conjunction in the sixth house. I've got my moon, my Venus, and Pluto all in Scorpio in the sixth house. Mm, I love and I love hard, (laughs) right? And my sun is in the seventh house. So the theme of my life, what is lit up at all times in my life, is partnerships, marriages, unions. And it makes so much sense why I got engaged at 21 years old. You know, now I look back and I'm like, who the hell? Unless you're really lucky and came from a great family that taught you boundaries and self-respect. Like, you don't know who you want to be with. When you were 21 years old, you don't even know how to buy a beer yet. <laughs> but it's, it's no wonder I said yes and got engaged against my will because my whole life is about learning partnerships. That's sun in the seventh house. What's your sun, moon, and rising? There's got to be earth in there. I can see you. Yes, I'm so earth. I am a Pisces sun. And I have a Virgo moon, Virgo rising. I knew it. You're so organized and your Instagram aesthetic is so clean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, super Virgo. And I feel like I constantly feel the inner battle because Pisces and Virgo are opposites. So Mm -hmm. when I was younger and I didn't know my signs, I was like, why do I always feel so opposite sometimes, you know? And then I found that out and I was like, that makes so much sense. Yeah. I have um, a Mercury and Aries. There it is. That's why. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's why I love speaking, why I decided to do the podcast. My okay. Venus is in Pisces. Oh. So I love, love. And I think my Venus is in my seventh house as well. Do you have a trouble romanticizing people? Even the best? Yeah, I'm very it's- like idealistic sometimes I would say or I used to be when I was younger and Pisces are so like boundaryless people none it's all fluid it's all water and smoke (laughs) totally (laughs) nothing but I do have a lot of Aquarius in me like my Mars is an Aquarius I do have an Aquarius stellium I think but I can't remember in what house what's your north node in my north node is in Capricorn so in a past life you were like a stay-at-home mom or the the house and stayed home and cooked and cleaned and took care of children and didn't have to work and didn't want to work either and so now in this lifetime it's like oh shit I have to run a business (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel like there's just that entrepreneurial side of me I can't shake off and it's really like prominent in my chart I can see well, what's beautiful about that North Node is, and you came a fully equipped with being gentle, kind, and compassionate, and empathetic. So imagine a really tough, strong leader, Capricorn, having empathy. And instead of bossing people around, they get to know them on an individual basis and just empower the people they lead. That's you. Thank you. Oh, my God. It's so yeah. crazy. <laughs> You know, it's wild as my north node is in Pisces. So oh. you remember, yeah. And which means my south node, my past lives were Virgo. I was oh a doctor. I was a surgeon. I was a scientist. I was a holistic health guru. And how perfectly has that played out? I started off as a holistic health coach, teaching people how to physically heal their body. And now I host a spiritual podcast. Total transition into my Pisces north node. <laughs> oh my God. What is your Chiron? cancer (laughs) yeah and it plays out perfectly my mom is you know cancer for those listening cancer rules siblings family mother whatever female figure what's nurturing in your childhood that's what the fourth house of cancer rules so having my Chiron the wounded healer in that house would indicate a tough childhood perhaps especially with a feminine figure well, my mom is so masculine. There is no feminine energy to her at all. This is probably why I don't cry is because I was raised by such a hard-ass woman. But also, it's hard for me to call her mom. I call her by her first name because we're such best friends. My brother is actually autistic. He has Asperger's and epilepsy. And so her and I kind of tag-teamed since my dad was out of the picture to raise him and create a happy home for him. And yeah, so there it is. Kyrie and Cancer. What's yours then? Mine is in Leo. How does that play out? It's like 
it's kind of like I want the spotlight, but it's really hard for me to accept it. And it's hard for me to to shine. Like, I feel like my once I overcome the Chiron, I will empower other people to use their voice and to activate kind of their gifts and things like that. But that's kind of been my struggle, like especially in my younger days. Yeah, I would advise like your parents or your partner or friends to always give you positive praise. If your Chiron's in Cancer, you will constantly need, you're doing a great job. Like, get out there. You're the best all day, every day. <laughs> totally. I, I, My boyfriend is actually a Leo, so it helps <laughs> It's so funny. I, I would have never thought that my partner would be a, a Leo. I always thought I would maybe end up with a water sign or something. Oh, you're preaching to the choir. I'm dating a Virgo. What the? F. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bro, he actually has a Virgo stellium. Like every single planet is in Virgo. But as you probably know, the true test of romantic compatibility is your moon sign. It's not your sun sign. So my partner actually has a Scorpio moon, just like Ooh. me. <laughs> my partner has a Sagittarius moon. Hey, you know what? I say Sagittarius and Virgo are the best because look at Jay-Z and Beyonce. Okay? We run the world. Totally. <laughs> and I have um, <clears throat> my fifth house is a Sagittarius. So I think that's where he brings that creativity out of me. So fun. That's I a know, good and he, he has a, a Virgo Venus. So I think that really complements my very earthy side as well. Totally. Because your Venus is in Pisces? Pisces, yes. Yeah, so his is in earth, yours is in water. That's beautiful. Water, water's the earth and flowers grow. I like to break it down through the elements. Totally. And it's so funny because after I found out my parents' sign, I was like, I feel like I'm kind of dating like a mix of my mom and dad. Of course you are. That is such a important question I always ask during my one-on-one -on -one coaching is I ask my client, what did your mom teach you about love? And what did your dad teach you about love? So you answer. What did your mom teach you about love? Oh, it's so hard. I grew up in a like an Asian household, so I feel like we didn't talk about that a lot. But my mom, she is a Scorpio. Oh. <laughs> but she has a, a Libra moon and a Libra rising. Oh, so I feel like when I was younger, I didn't know that. And I thought she was very inconsistent. Because being an air sign, like, I'm very earthy, and she was very airy, and I didn't understand, like, why she would kind of be inconsistent or change her mind at times. Mm -hmm. But with love, I guess she would, she would always tell me to find a man that loved me more than I love him. <laughs> Scorpio! Scorpio! Super Scorpio. I feel like that's the main thing. And I don't know, she she kind of told me to find a man that would be, like, a good provider and kind of like a leader in the household. Like I always kind of felt like that's my vision of like my ideal man. Yeah. That's yeah, my inspiration thing. Mm -hmm, totally. And my, my dad is a Capricorn, Ooh. but he has the Sagittarius moon and a Sagittarius rising. Wow. What an intriguing pair. I would love to look at their synastry. I know it's crazy, but I can see why they are attracted to each other because my mom has a Capricorn Venus and my dad has a Scorpio Venus. Oh my gosh. Wham bam. Really cool. They get yeah. each other on a relationship level. You know, our Venus is what we look for in a relationship. What kind of relationship we'll be drawn to. Ah, you need one that is always in the clouds and always treats it like it's a fairy tale. <laughs> It's got to have that passion, that lust and pizzazz for you. Mine's Scorpio, so I'm like, let's get married, and instead of buying rings, let's tattoo them on our finger. <laughs> Such a Scorpio thing. It's so funny. <laughs> My partner has a Scorpio moon just like me. And first things we did on one of our first dates was get matching tattoos. So he's got his Scorpio moon tattooed on his wrist, too. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. Scorpio moon couple thing you've ever heard. 
Yeah, that's such a Scorpio thing. And I feel like for some reason, like Pisces and Capricorns are supposed to get along, but I feel like I, I often clash with Capricorns. I don't know. Capricorn is so rigid and by the routine and schedule and Pisces is so let's flutter around like a butterfly and go here and there and wherever. Let's do mushrooms and smoke some weed. And Capricorn's like, uh, I got to take a P test for my job interview coming home. I am not. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's so funny. I totally get that too. Cause there's that Virgo side of me that is so like skeptical and kind of like law abiding. <laughs> no kidding do you are you familiar with mushrooms we call them frequency shifters <laughs> amazing I have taken mushrooms once but I think I was I wasn't in a very good mind state at that time and it wasn't like a very good environment I feel like so I didn't have a good experience that's so important for I call them frequency shifters I just love that phrase my friend Sarah came up with that but yeah, it is so important for those listening. Mushrooms can be such a healing modality. My brother actually microdoses them to recover from seizures. So my mom is a cannabis nurse, so she uses cannabis for medicine purposes. So I'm very surrounded by these frequency shifters. But yeah, when it comes to mushrooms, you really got to be with one or two tops, people that you trust in a really calm, serene environment, preferably out way out in nature or at home. I remember too much. I remember you sharing about how you and your partner would take mushrooms like when on your podcast whenever you guys are kind of feeling stuck or things like that. Yeah, we do. We call it a trip. <laughs> a mushroom trip. But um we do because I think what mushrooms do is they dissolve the ego. And I found when we would take we only took like two to three grams. It was not a lot at all. We were pretty much microdosing, but it dissolves the ego. And it would be so cool to sit and have a conversation with him and talk about subjects that would normally trigger me and elicit like a anger. My Mars is an Aries. So you can imagine how red I get when I'm pissed. But all of that would be calm. Like my ego was completely gone. And I could see him for who he was and where he was coming from and vice versa. So it's like these neural pathways are opened and there's no ego to you at all. So you can have these really productive conversations and heal, quite frankly. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. I suggest it, microdosing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I feel like um, with my earthiness, it's hard for me to do things like that because then I don't want to let go of control. You're preaching to the choir. I have a, a lot of my charts actually in Capricorn, my outer planets, my Neptune and Uranus and stuff, but it is, it's so scary to feel like you're out of control. But as a Pisces, you should be a pro at surrendering to a force you can't see. I know it's, it's a constant struggle. <laughs> but again, be with someone like a past who you feel safe and protected around because then you can talk about it. Also, did you know if you're on a mushroom trip, I think it might apply to weed too. No, 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 it's not weed. If you're on a mushroom trip that you don't like, drink eight ounces of orange juice and it dissolves and goes away. Oh. And with um, weed or cannabis, eat black peppercorn or take a bunch of CBD and then it dissolves and goes away. Wow, that's crazy. I used to smoke a lot of cannabis mm -hmm. until until probably like a couple of years ago because this year in the beginning of this year I actually started dealing with a lot of health issues oh um, so and I truly believe it was a manifestation of me holding on to so much stress for so many years not dealing with childhood traumas and all of a sudden I started dealing with things like histamine intolerance I don't know if you're familiar with that it's pretty much allergies right like severe allergies yeah, so it gives me a lot of food sensitivities. It tends to act up whenever I eat certain things. And like adrenal fatigue, candida, like all these things started oh, just no. coming up. But it's a it's been a good process because I feel like it's forced me to really learn how to meditate, be honest with myself, and have tough conversations. Yeah, how to slow down. Sounds like your body was attacking itself, which is what my autoimmunity did to me too. And I found that it was because I was not living my truth at all. 
So of course my body is confused about itself because I was confused about myself. You know, it's so interesting how when I was married and had that comfortable life, I had the autoimmunity and I was super allergic to gluten. I took a food allergy test months ago and the only thing I'm allergic to is coffee and garlic. <laughs> what? But I mean, I still drink coffee. I just drink organic only and locally roasted and very small. I like microdose it. So what, what are you allergic to? It's honestly like so many things. I think the biggest triggers are tomato, avocado, curry, uh, citrus fruits, and of course all the unhealthy additives, so like sulfates, nitrates, and MSG, things like that. You, a lot of fruits, like banana, and oh. even berries, things like that. Oh my gosh. What symptoms did you have? Mainly I would get headaches and migraines, wow. or well, how I noticed it in the beginning was that I would start getting anxiety attacks and oh. I never had that before. So I was like, what is happening? I feel like I can't breathe and like nothing really like set it off in the moment. Like it would just kind of come out of nowhere. Wow. But now I truly believe that it's because like my body was so stressed out and I'm constantly in this fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what what's happening and I'm I'm learning a lot have you heard of uh, Louise Hay oh girl that book is sitting right in front of me (laughs) heal your body yeah that's that's the book that I'm currently reading and I just love it like I truly believe like your mind just can heal your body so I love learning from like spiritual teachers like that yeah you know my brother has severe epilepsy and he's had it for about 10 years now and he has gone to hospital after hospital, getting tested. Like he stays for a week and he has those little sticky things attached to his head and they're trying to monitor his brain waves and get an inside look at his brain and see, okay, when he has a seizure, what part is triggered? And they can't, they say, your brain is perfect. We literally don't know. So I'm studying astrology right now with Deborah Silverman and I was looking at my brother's chart and there's such a huge Saturn lesson for him to heal relationships with the father. And we definitely don't have a good relationship with our father. We don't even know him, but it def- the split up between my mom and dad affected him way more than me for whatever reason. And I keep saying like, that is why you have to heal. And he actually, from mushrooms, he took a heavy dose of mushrooms to try and heal after a seizure once. And at 31 years old came out as gay. And he was like, the mushrooms told me that I need to get this out and stop hiding this because it's affecting my epilepsy. So I'm gay. And we were like, okay, good. Thank you for telling us. Like, that's wonderful. You're, you're normal. You don't like have to come out and formally announce it, but good for you. Like, that's wonderful. And it did help his seizures for a while, but now he's back to struggling because just so much stuff he's holding in. In that book by Louise Hay, it says seizures are a form of the body just erupting because you hold in so much until the body cannot take it and just explodes. That's so crazy. So true. Yeah. So crazy. And I feel like, yeah, I love astrology because it can just tell you so much about why things are happening. Like I think, um, what is it? My sixth house is in Aquarius Mm -hmm. and I have uh, my Mars is in my sixth house. Wow. So your everyday routine and what you do for work is going to be different. Yeah. So it's like that constant, like my Virgo wants to have routine, but then my Aquarius is like, no, (laughs) we must do something different. Think outside the box. Oh my gosh. I always say that if I could plan the birth of my first child, they would be an Aquarius. I love them. They are the best. They're going to change the world. I mean, we're in the age of Aquarius. Look what they've done. Everything is so different. You know what I love is when I go to the grocery store and the dairy-free milk cooler is always empty. People are just buying it everywhere. I travel all over the country. Everywhere you go, dairy-free products are flying off the shelves. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) That's so funny you mentioned Aquarius because I feel like before I really hated Aquarius men. Because my ex-partner was an Aquarius. Wow, my ex-husband was too. He was Aquarius, sun, moon, I'm pretty sure rising. 
Wow, mine was Aquarius Sun and Aquarius Rising, Aquarius Venus. Whoa. But I think like a very, very like underdeveloped Aquarius. So kind of bringing out like more of the shadow side and the negative traits. Yeah, yeah, because that's a good point to mention. There is an evolved and an unevolved side of every sign. For sure. Favorite signs? Aquarius for sure they rule you know I would have never mentioned it or confessed to it but I find I am surrounded by Virgos like all of my best friends and now my lover are all Virgos and the same week the last week of August it's crazy so I guess I gotta throw it out to you Virgos I love you Sagittarius of course who doesn't love Sag they're so easy to talk to they're hilarious they're the ones that laugh at a funeral and Say, so, yeah, fuck it. Have another drink. We're all dying anyway. I, I just, I get along with myself and <laughs> people who are. But what's funny is I used to say Scorpios. Ugh, too serious. No way. And then I found out I've got a stellium in the eighth house. A stellium in Scorpio in the sixth house. Two stelliums. So I'm like, okay, I've got to learn to love myself. It's who I am. That's so funny. I used to hate Scorpios too yeah. or... Because I think when my mom, when I was younger, she was very controlling as a Scorpio, but also because I, I learned because she was not in a good mindset, like she had a lot of anger pent up as well. So that's how she was showing that side. And my fourth house is in Scorpio. So I think that was like the theme of my childhood. Yeah. But know, I love Sagittarius. Yeah, you do. I don't know anybody who doesn't love a Sag. <laughs> Not to, like, brag on myself or anything, but we're just so fun. We're just... Yeah, that is so fun. Most of my friends, I would say, are Sagittarius. Yeah. And I actually don't have a lot of Virgo friends. Oh, my gosh. That's your moon. You got to find your inner world. Attract them. You'll love them. Yeah. I have this thing. I don't know if you you feel this way but sometimes I feel like when I meet someone that is too similar to me like in astrology they're like mirroring me and then it kind of turns me off because I'm like oh no I'm seeing myself in the other person Mm -hmm. and it's like what is this I don't like myself (laughs) no everybody's a mirror everybody's a teacher I've had so many friends and during my spiritual awakening I call them shooting stars. Like people have just came in and all of a sudden we know each other's deepest, darkest secrets. And then boom, for whatever reason, it just, we go our separate ways and we fizzle out. And I just want to remind people that's okay. You can send each other love and light, you know, love and light. I don't really like that saying, but you know what I mean? You can send each other love and realize that not everybody's meant to be in your life forever. And that's okay. Some people are a season. Totally. I I really agree with that. I feel like it took me a long time to learn that because I don't like change in my relationship. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to ask you. So you got as far as being engaged, but you called off the engagement. Yeah. I think I just realized how toxic it was. We were arguing all the time. We were just not a good match ever since we were together when we were young, even in that first year. We were arguing all the time and it was kind of like reoccurring, just constantly triggering each other. And then I just had like an epiphany Mm -hmm. one night, like I was out with a girlfriend and then I met this other boy. Normally I'm like a very loyal person, but Mm -hmm. I was like, this is so interesting. Like that this happened that I met this other guy. It was just like a whatever, you know, like a F boy. Pisces moons are always F boys. Quote me on it. Okay. (laughs) So he was a Pisces actually. (laughs) He probably had a Pisces moon too. He was, what was he? I think he was, um, he was a Taurus moon and Aquarius rising though. So, oh, oh, his way on the highway. See you later. Yeah, so I'm, I'm so funny that I remember that too. But anyway, so I, I met this guy and then I was like, okay, I need to break up with my partner. Like, I, 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 like it just kind of gave me the, the go. It was like just a switch, I just sudden conviction. And then, and that was it. And it was a really bad breakup too. Hmm. Very messy. I'm sorry to hear that. But oh, it's okay. I have enough. Do you think this guy was your twin flame? 
the guy that came in, not the engagement, the other one. No, I don't think he was. But I met this. <laughs> after the breakup, I was dating around, and I met this other guy that broke my heart. I oh. feel like he could have been my twin flame because we were so similar. We had like a trauma bond, is what oh. I feel like it was. Yeah. I didn't even like him at first, yeah. and then and then we started seeing each other more. And then I went away on vacation, came back. And I thought we were going to start a relationship, but then he ended up like going back to his ex oh. and having like issues there. And, and she was like in an open relationship. It was very messy. Oh, so, <laughs> so I, Oh, it's abandonment wounds. Ding, ding, ding. Totally. And he was, he was a cancer. Oh, cancers are usually so sweet. Did it break his heart to hurt your heart? It did. Yeah. It did. We were just both like. <laughs> oh, what was his moon? He was a Taurus moon. Oh, he was a Cancer Taurus moon and what rising? Pisces rising. Lord have mercy on this man. He was very, very Taurus Cancer. Wow. But that's like so nurturing. No wonder you fell in love with him. He felt like a warm, fuzzy blanket all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like I went from one extreme to another because, like, my toxic ex was Aquarius, very aloof, detached, not very affectionate. And then I meet this cancer guy, and I was like, wow, this is so extreme. Yeah, I know, Aquarians, they really are aloof, huh? <laughs> but I can be like that sometimes, too. I have the Aquarius side, so you know, I understand. Son in the seventh house, of course, I love analyzing relationships, and isn't it funny that we usually get engaged or go as far as being married to somebody that our parents, we always look for our parents and our partners. You know, for me, my dad was non-existent. So who do I get married to? An Aquarius sun, moon, and rising who consistently is emotionally non-existent. We often go for, especially in our 20s, we go for partners that really match our parents. So I was saying my dad was not in the picture, non-existent. The word dad even sounds weird saying out loud. So, of course, I got married to an Aquarius, Sun, Moon, and Rising, who was so aloof and emotionally disconnected. It was like he was not there. Yeah. And I, I see it over and over again. That's why I always ask that question. What did mom teach you about love? What did dad teach you about love? Because that's, if you don't have anyone to tell you di different, that's what you're going to go look for. Totally. And I feel like my first thought, um, my partner that I was engaged to, mm -hmm. he was kind of like my perception of what my parents were, like a bit controlling, uh, very skeptical. I think that was like how my younger self viewed my parents or even up until like, like earlier this year, that's kind of how I saw my, mm -hmm. I think that's why I was really attracted to him. And once I finally healed those parts of me and forgave my parents I can finally see them for who they actually are and not who I perceive them to be how beautiful is that and that's the key because you know I remember going to therapy about a year into my marriage and I sat with my therapist and said I'm married and I don't know how to do it I don't know what marriage is I've never seen anybody in a happy relationship in my life anybody meaning adults like my mom or her friends or anyone in a happy, healthy relationship. So I told my therapist, I don't know what I'm doing. Is marriage supposed to feel like this? Is it supposed to have like six months with no sex? Like, is this normal? I just, I was it's so sad. I should write a letter to my 23 year old self and be like, hey, it's all good. But you're right. The secret sauce lies in forgiving your parents and seeing that they never did anything to intentionally hurt you. They were only behaving from what they knew, from what they were taught by their parents. And you're right. Once I forgave mine and understood, holy shit, like I always looked up to them. Like they're these adults and these people that know everything and they're old and wise. And once I realized that is the farthest thing from the truth, that they're just hurt little kids in adult bodies, that's when I found my now healthy partner. You know what's sad is I didn't even know what boundaries were in a relationship until I was 30. No, I, yeah, being a Pisces, I had no boundaries. Always like a people pleaser. Just had no idea what it was. Do you have boundaries in your relationship now? 
Yes, I would say so. I feel like my partner now, he's he's very healthy yeah. and doesn't have a lot of childhood trauma, I would say. So he's so calm. I think oh. that was the first thing that I realized was different in this relationship, that there it wasn't like crazy butterflies or anything. It was just very, very calm. Yeah, it just happens so effortlessly, right? Yeah, and when I'm I'm the one being a water sign, like always crying or whatever, and then he just kind of allows me to feel my feelings. Like he's like, it's okay to be angry. Oh, he's a safe space. I love that. You know, <laughs> my partner and I, we verbalize our boundaries often. You know, communication is such key. It's such a cliche statement, but boy, is it the secret to a healthy, happy relationship. So. My partner and I, whether we're on mushrooms or not, will have the conversation of, hey, what are your boundaries lately? And so for him, it's things like support me. When I say I want to go do CrossFit in the morning instead of have coffee with you, support me and say, that's cool. Go ahead. If I, oh, we both have a boundary of cheating. If we cheat on each other, there will be no animosity. You're like, fuck you. Blah, blah, blah. It'll just be, okay, this is over. This is over. Ooh, so my partner and I have something good about cheating and I want to get your thoughts and maybe your listeners, they can talk about this with their friends. So we think, by unpopular opinion, when somebody gets cheated on, it takes two to tango, right? So typically you have a partnership, one person cheats and the person who got cheated on plays the victim and says, they're a piece of shit, they lied and they cheated and da da da, they're a horrible person. But we have this thing where we say, yeah, but I don't think any person who is happy and satisfied in their relationship would go look elsewhere. So what you, as the victim, you need to look in the mirror and say, where was I not showing up enough? And I know there's so many gray areas and outliers to this, like maybe that person that cheated just wasn't good at communicating. Hey, I feel like if our relationship is a pie graph, the piece of physical touch is missing or the piece of support and words of affirmation is missing. So they, it should have been their responsibility to communicate, Hey, I need more words of affirmation from you instead of going elsewhere to find it, you know, but I always say if you get cheated on, yes, it hurts. It sucks. But what did you do? And everyone I've asked who's been cheated on always said, well, you know, I was kind of unsupportive with his hobbies or, you know, I could have initiated sex more often, but I would rather just scroll my phone instead. So what do you think of that, of cheating? I totally agree with what you said there because I feel like it's, it's usually people have the desire to cheat or they have wandering eyes because some of their needs aren't being met in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because I really feel like if you're truly, truly happy in a relationship, you won't, like, you'll be filled. Your love tank will be full, and you won't want to go out and kind of get attention from other people. Have you ever been cheated on? Actually, yes, I have. So, in that part, like, in that toxic relationship, uh, he did cheat on me earlier, early on in the relationship. I feel like I I haven't really reflected actually on what I could have done better yet, but I did notice that he had like such bad guilt after that. Like he held on to it for years and years, even after I forgave him, because I didn't even think of it and I didn't, I didn't bring it up again after that because it was years and years ago, Mm -hmm. but he just felt very consumed and I felt like he was projecting it onto me. Ah, that could be it, for sure. Mm, so, very young, like, probably in, I think, just after high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. I think I'm cheating on high school. I don't even know. You don't really care. You don't know what's going on when you're that young. Yeah, because in our, in our adult years in the relationship, there was no cheating. So, I just kind of overlooked that. Yeah, your ex-fiance, how old were you guys when you met? I was 13 and he was 14. My gosh, babies. And we dated for, or we were together for 13 years, which is great. Okay, when, at what point did you know, like when he proposed to you, did you have any intuitive pings or red flags or anything saying no, say no? 
I don't think so at that point because I wasn't very good at listening to my intuition. Because I think at that time, I was in a group of friends where everyone else was getting engaged and getting married. Yep. And I kind of had a FOMO spirit, yep. you know, so I just wanted to be, be engaged. And then I kept like forcing it to happen. Like we both talked about it. He wanted to get engaged too. But every single time like we were forcing it, something would come up and it wouldn't happen. Oh, Wow. So there were like issues with his family, like his parents and like just so many issues would come up. And then finally, like after now, I look back and I'm like, those were just kind of it was a guidance from the universe. I'm so oh, you want to talk about guidance from the universe, Jacqueline. Oh, my gosh. So when I got proposed to, I had the flu. I mean, like fever of 104 bedridden, couldn't move. And it was right near my 21st or 22nd birthday. But my ex-husband decided he just couldn't wait and he was too nervous. So he made me get up out of bed and he was like, let's play a game of hot or cold. And I was like, yo, I can't taste anything hot or cold. I cannot play this right now. <laughs> like, uh-uh. But eventually I found uh, the ring and I turned around and he was on one knee. And I will never forget, I was in my childhood bedroom where he asked me, I will never forget my gut shouting, no, no, no. But I thought, well, he's nice. We don't fight. We don't cuss at each other. We laugh a lot. Like, why would I not? And so there was this running joke that I almost said no because I couldn't speak. It was like a hand grabbing my throat saying, I'm not letting you say yes. So I just shook my head very light, like, mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said yes, and we were engaged, but when I got my wedding dress a year later, it got lost in the mail in China a month before my wedding, and so the shop, David's Bridal Call, was like, uh, this has never happened, we're so sorry, you've got to come in and get a new dress really quick, and it can't be tailored, so hopefully you fit in it. So my wedding dress got lost and then we got married down here in the Florida Keys on a beach. And it was the most beautiful day, June 1st, 2013, gorgeous sun. But at five o'clock or six, right when I got out of the van and went to walk onto the beach towards my husband-to-be, a tropical storm blew. Oh, I can't make this up. I can't make this up. Literally, I watched it coming towards us at like 50 miles per hour. And I was like, uh, so that hit the beach right when I got down to the palm tree where we were going to say our vows and do all that shit. And it got so bad that sand was getting in our mouths, our guest mouths. Our photographer was like, I got to protect my lens. I can't take your pictures. And uh, our justice of the peace was like, I'm sorry, we got, we got to get, this is dangerous. And it ended up turning into Tropical Storm Andrea in 2013. So we didn't even need to say vows. The justice of the peace was just like, say I do, say I do. Okay, here's your rings, kiss, let's go. Get, get out of here, get out of here. And then the last piece is my marriage certificate got lost in the mail twice. So I couldn't change my last name for a year. Wow. Is that not... My spirit guide saying, stop. But my Sagittarius fire sign stubborn ass was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Because mine was, it was that his his family lives in Hong Kong and China. Mm -hmm. And his dad actually had this issue with a business thing. And his dad was in jail. Oh. So, and he was sentenced for something like 12 years and we were like, okay, we'll wait for him to come out of jail before we go, we get married. Wow. But it was just like, I kept getting pushed back and like, and we just, and he was out. So it was, it was just like this dragged on thing. And then I was like, that's probably like, why? Like it just, he never came out because the universe didn't want us to get married. Wow. So how did it go calling off the engagement? Like, had you already had like an engagement party or like announced it to people, made invitations? Did you already do all that or? No invitations yet, but it was announced to the world. Uh, we were engaged for a long time, actually, for I think almost two years or past two years. Wow. Same here, two and a half. So, and it just never like, we just didn't plan anything. And I felt like 
I kept pushing it away because I felt like it wasn't meant to be. And it was funny because I lived with him at that time. And sometimes I would get like uh, shipments just like shipped to me, like packages, whatever I order online or something. But then I would put the address as my parents' place instead of shipping it to his home where we lived together. Because my intuition was just telling me like, I don't think I'm going to be living here forever. Oh, but I kept like ignoring it in, until like that one day I had the epiphany and the revelation and it just ended. Wow. That's insane. You know, our intuitions are so strong and looking at my chart, all of my aspects and placements point to being psychic, which I am. Everybody is. I don't want to say like I'm different. Everybody is psychic and intuitive. Everybody is. It's just a matter of who is tapped into it or not. I'm lucky that I can tap into it like that. I don't need any ceremonies, rituals, ways. I can just pull tarot cards. I can connect and give you messages. But mine always told me the same thing too. I always knew that I had to go through this marriage in order to grow and level up and go to the next thing. Just like as soon as I got divorced, I went through a really toxic one-year relationship. And I remember all of my friends thinking, why are you with this person? This is so not you. Like, what are you doing, Steph? And I was like almost in a trance telling them like, hey, I didn't grow for 10 years in my marriage because it was so easy. It was like a flat road in Kansas. It was just easy, coasting. And so my soul had to make up for 10 years of stagnant. And so I went through one year of hell and definitely grew and changed and morphed and you know I'll never forget ending that relationship and it was so hard isn't it weird how it's so hard to end the most toxic ones yikes but I ended it and I remember thinking I have not been single since I was 16 whoa and I just sat and I made dinner for one by myself and usually at night I'll FaceTime my lover and like say good night and I had nobody phone wasn't going off, nobody eating dinner in front of me, no plans on the weekend. And it was such a, for at first I cried and cried and told my best friend, like, I'm going to be an old cat lady. I'm 31. I don't have any kids, no husband. Where, where? They were just laughing like, okay, sure. And then about a month or two after is when I met my partner, my Scorpio moon twin. That's so crazy. I feel like yeah, I don't know what it is. Probably in my astrology chart, it's like I didn't stay single for long. Like after that relationship, I found my current partner within three months. Well, what's going on in your seventh house? Do you have any? Well, I have my I have my Venus in my seventh house. There it is. Venus is the planet of love and relationships in the seventh house of love and relationships. That's a huge theme in your life. You you feel really good and balanced when you are in partnership. So own it. So hell yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I feel like I'm definitely more empowered and just more well-rounded when I am in a, like a supportive, healthy relationship. Yeah, partnership instead of, you know, he's my other half. Nah, he's my other whole. You know, there's this society has been conditioning us lately, especially with all these women. Like, it's a good thing saying we're independent. Like, we don't need no man. That's the type of environment I grew up around with my mom and my grandma. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I kind of beat myself up for like, wow, I haven't been single since I was 16. That's sad. Why haven't I ever lived and financially supported myself by myself? And I thought, you know what? I remember my mom even told me, she was like, Seth, you need to be single for at least a year. And like after my divorce, people were like, why are you jumping into a new relationship? You need to be single for at least a year. And I'm like, who writes this manual of life? Like, what are y'all talking about? And so I literally went from my marriage to that new relationship, broke up with that one. And then a couple of months after proving to the universe, hey, you know what? I can live on my own, financially support myself, emotionally support myself. Like, I'm good. I got this. And I did. And then I met that new, the new person I'm with now, who's just the absolute love of my life. I get truth bumps every time I think about him. But I used to think, God, like, is something wrong with me? Why am I jumping from relationship to relationship? Until I really dove deep into my astrology chart and I realized my son is in the seventh house amongst all these other aspects. I am meant to be in partnership. That is the theme of my life, is learning through relationships about myself and then the dynamic of them 
So all of a sudden, as Deborah tells us, astrology is like a hall pass to be yourself. So now I'm like, fucking right, I jump from relationship to relationship. That's what I reincarnated to do. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's so good. I do have one question for you. Being an empath, yes. how do you learn to not absorb the negative energies around you? Oh, it is tough. You know, I think I've mastered it, though, because during the recent election, I didn't feel it. And it's having, circling back to what we were talking about earlier, yes, it's so good to have boundaries with your partner, but the most important person to have boundaries with is yourself. So knowing how sensitive I am, I have a lot of boundaries, especially with social media. Oh, shit. Social media is tough. I have this thing on Lightworkers Lounge where I post and run. Because if I sit and read all the comments I get on each post, I will give myself panic attacks. <laughs> if I read my DMs, like I'm so glad you emailed me because I do not check DMs for that reason. I will soak up and absorb what people are saying and it will mentally and physically affect me. Um, during really tough times in our nation or in our world, especially with election season, off social media completely. Completely. I'm not posting. I'm not commenting. I'm not reading yet, nothing. And I focus on the abundance in front of me. So for the past week, I really stepped back, wasn't on my phone. So instead of scrolling, I would cuddle up with my partner and read him a book. I would go for more walks with my dog. I would really focus on the meals I made. And it was just so beautiful. And all these people are freaking out over who's going to win. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just over here baking muffins and making love. I love that. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of something I learned to do this year too. Just like be off social media if something very intense is happening in the world. I don't even watch the news anymore because I feel like it just gives me too much anxiety. You want to know what's going on in the world? Go talk to your neighbor. Go sit and have a conversation with them. You know, one thing I learned from Jane Lightworker, she's at Jane underscore Lightworker on Instagram. She's the most, she is an empath professional. You should have her on your show. She taught me that when you go into a grocery or a mall, wear a hat, whether it's a stylish hat or a baseball cap. I always choose a baseball cap because it just, it blocks energy because as an empath, we're really absorbing energy through our crown chakra. So if you block that, nothing can get into you. In fact, my therapist I worked with for a year or two, she always wore a different like turban or hat or hair cover at each session. So finally I was like, are you an Aquarius? Because why do you keep wearing all these crazy hats? And she laughed. I think she was. And she said, well, because I need to protect myself. I talk to clients about really traumatic things all day. And so that I don't take that energy home, can't get into my crown chakra. So I wear a hat during my sessions. And I thought, gee. Wow, that is such a good tip. Do you ever wear uh, any type of crystals or anything like that? You know, I'm not a jewelry wearer. I don't know why, but I keep them in my pocket, keep them in my purse and my travel backpacks. This one right here. Can you see that? This is smoky quartz. It is my absolute favorite. It protects you from negative energy. I keep that by my computer. I just play with it in my hands sometime. And then white quartz can't go wrong with that. I always have a, what is it? Like a selenite stick of white quartz. I keep that everywhere. Oh, I love it. I usually wear like a beaded black obsidian bracelet. Ooh, when I'm there going you out. go. Especially as a Pisces, all the Pisces listening to this, you guys are these psychic sponges, all water signs. Scorpio, they're pretty tough. They can block out a lot, but Pisces and Cancer, oh, I don't know how you guys go to concerts or the grocery or the mall or things like that without just running home and crying. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Oh. I like to feel everything. And I think this year I'm learning to like um, differentiate whether something is someone else's energy or whether it's my own energy. Such just asking that question, water signs, listen closely. When you start to feel that anxiety attack coming on, just stop and say, is this my energy or is it my partner's? Is this my energy or is it the grocery, the person in the grocery store? This is not my energy. Say it out loud. Say it in your head and write it down. It really helps. Totally. Uh, I'm, it's time to end the podcast here now. I'm so sad because I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Hell yeah. You'll have but, to come to the Lightworkers Lounge and we'll continue it. Oh, awesome. Amazing. I would love to. 
So where where can everyone find you online? You wonderful people can find me on Instagram at Lightworkers Lounge. And our podcast, Lightworkers Lounge, is on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. I mean, just Google us and we are everywhere. And if you guys want to come hang out and be my Instagram fam, I have a personal account. It's at Stephanie's underscore destiny on Instagram and lightworkers-lounge.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. I feel like that was such a lovely, just easy conversation. Hopefully helped a lot of people discover things about relationships, astrology, or piqued their interest. So thank you so much, Stephanie, for being on the podcast. You and please keep up with Glow Radio because as I was like looking at your profile, listening to your podcast, you really do have such a glow around you, which tells me you are rooted in your purpose. So keep going. I'm rooting for you. Oh, thank you. Welcome.